Welcome back, everyone, to the Business Student Podcast. On today's episode, continuing on from our last guest, we have another guest on. We have Malik Abu Rabia. Malik, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Great. Thanks so much for coming on. So Malik, he's a Francophone Canadian student in fourth year of Sesame at Naoma. And also from Brock University, he transferred, obviously, for his Erasmus. Malik had a start in computer science, moving his way to other pursuits, such as entrepreneurship, lobbying, finance, and consulting. He believes in the value of being well-rounded in today's business world and in acquiring diverse experiences and knowledge possible to become a better future leader. So Malik, that is a long, long list of pursuits. And it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. But just tell us a bit about yourself. Like, tell us a bit more. Like, we know, we're, we now know you were a lobbyist. You've worked in finance and also consulting and entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for that introduction. I mean, yeah. It is You're a welcome. Long-winded. But, uh, I no, think it's, it's, I was inspired. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm happy to hear. I mean, let's maybe start. So I, I think I, I started this trend when I was maybe in high school. I just took a lot of different different jobs, different roles, different positions, wherever I could. Um, I think it, it started when I was at a science center. That was one of my first jobs working with like animals and stuff. And then I became a head instructor at a canoe club. So it's just you do from one thing to the next and then it just snowballs into today. And I started in computer science, um, which is a, a whole different beast. Than yeah. the business yeah how was the transition from computer science to business like how was that for you yeah so i mean i i worked in mining for when i was in first year i had this great job at a company called hardline solutions they do uh autonomous mining vehicles and stuff and it was a great job i mean like as an 18 year old who was working in like retail before that i was ecstatic great yeah. you know opportunity in r&d but I just found that I didn't particularly enjoy the work. I mean, I loved everything else, like, but I thought I would be better at managing those projects than becoming a, a lifelong, you know, programmer. Um, but I feel like the difference when I moved to business school, I, I liked it. I think it made my personality a little bit better, but it's just the way that the social atmosphere changes, the type of work changes. And also, like, you're changing when you're in second year. You're not coming in from first year. So it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I thought of it as an exciting yeah. uh, opportunity, you know, um, just because you, yeah, once you fit in, fit, fit into a program that, that matches you yeah. better, you feel more uh, maybe at ease, you know, and more. And I like yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. And so you did your first two years of, your degree obviously in Canada and now you're here on your Erasmus book so like how has your Erasmus helped open your mind to new possibilities like I mean you're in Europe now like what's yeah. it like over here I mean so I've been in France since 2022 since the fall of 2022 so it's uh for context it's been like a year uh year and a month I guess if we're really counting um it's been really interesting because i feel like compared to canada the way of doing business is really different i mean you're going to hear this all the time when people say that but it's very true uh just in terms of pace in what uh employees are more like interested in like i think in france maybe there's more of an emphasis on job stability more of an emphasis on on the i think there's this famous expression 
like in North America, it's like you work to live, and then yeah. it is like you you um uh, live to work. Maybe flip that. Sorry. Yeah, I think uh, live to work in, and then you work to live. Exactly right. Exactly right. But it's just see yeah. see I'm so caught up in the in the North American hustle yeah. culture, you know, that uh, right. yeah, even just entrepreneurship is different there compared to here. Like I find because. In Canada, like it was so easy to start entrepreneurial ventures in university. Uh, even like I'm very young, you're sort of taught entrepreneurship, but I feel like here it's not as common. Like you really have to be pushing to get resources in that. So it's just a different beast, you know. I think it's really good in general. Like I, I, I like that for like I want to work in in the retail industry and omni-channel um, um, omni-channel systems and strategies so I think France is going to yeah. be really good for that compared to Canada yeah. just because there's such a larger market um, so just learning I mean, I mean Neoma has been teaching us that a lot like it's had a really big emphasis on this industry so it's been really interesting like I grew up in a mining town so all of my business knowledge all of my tech knowledge was revolved around this huge Industry. I think it's the biggest industry in Canada, really. One of the biggest, anyway. Versus here, that it's like absolutely not the case. So it's been mining is like a dream. Like people who mine, like we did that like years ago. <laughs> not to disconnect, but it's like we don't necessarily need to do that to re generate revenue per se. Well, it's 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 one of Canada's biggest uh, biggest uh, sources of. Uh, economic growth uh canada is really big on that so i mean i lived in rural i mean a lot of canada is rural you know so of course there's going to be a lot of i mean it's huge for the supply chain yes if you think about it like you know this the debate with lithium batteries and yeah actually there's a mine in my uh, there's a company valet it's a very well-known mining company they're they're based in brazil they have a lot of operation in canada as well and they were like pushing, I think last year, for Elon Musk to buy a mine, a, a nickel mine uh, mm -hmm. in my town, just because of how much nickel you need for these batteries. So it's huge, huge issue when we talk about lithium and nickel and copper for technology, for portable devices. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's a big issue. Okay. But uh but now I'm on the front end of the supply chain, let's say, down uh, a little bit more uh, upstream. Now it's like the consumer, you know, more consumer focused. And how do you feel like, do you feel like this is more for you? Like, did you feel once like, yeah, this is me. I don't want to be back end ever again. Or like, how does it make you feel to be front? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting because I feel like I'm more people oriented and like, obviously... We live our lives as a consumer, so what we see mm -hmm. and what we engage in is like more interesting to me. But at the same time, it's a really big privilege to see a supply chain from end to end and to actually fully understand every component or many different components of that supply chain. Could you so, explain to their listeners who wouldn't know what a supply chain, like explain to sure. them what that would Yeah. So, okay. Um, I'm going to use the example of your phone. Okay. So it starts with raw materials. That's the first stage of a supply chain. So this is when you dig up all the minerals you need um, 
like you know gold nickel copper lithium then it goes downstream uh, upstream i mean into you know uh, processing plants into manufacturing warehouses and then it goes to distribution and then it gets to you know your uh, tech store fnac i guess in europe uh, or your apple store or your microsoft store or whatever and that's really everything that happens before you buy it is every step that happens is this supply chain which is like really important to think about as a business uh, student because yeah. even let's take during the pandemic there was a huge issue with the global supply chain i mean like huge backups delays china which is one of the world's leading hubs for manufacturing was stalled completely so businesses said oh my god we can't manufacture anymore how are we going to keep goods and services moving it's or even in the suez canal with this uh, evergreen case you know the infamous evergreen uh, you know yeah. that halted supply chains because you can't deliver goods from one place to another rapidly so it's it's one of really the the top things like business i think in any industry business students should be looking into it's really important Okay, you heard it first here, guys. Supply chain is important. Very important, very important. <laughs> well, um, just to go on from talking about your move from Canada to Europe, let's talk about your internship. So did you do your internship before coming to France or um, when you got here, your internship? Well, I had it. we have to do for CESM, for our program, we have to do two internships. Okay. So I did one in uh, Toronto last year, okay. in mortgage and financing and investments. Talk about it for us. Yeah. Of course. So it's called Sagewise Capital. It's a B-Lending uh, Mortgage Financing Service. So really, we uh, we specialize in the greater Toronto area, the GTA for Canadians listening. And basically, yeah, so we would take basically the flow of, of um, uh, our cash flow is really interesting because it's more of an independent company. We're not a bank, you know, but we offer... Um, we offer, they would offer like a mortgage, mortgages, um, you know, to potential clients. So we would get money from investors. We would yeah. give it out to home potential homeowners and then give money back to the investors using or through those interest payments and through those principal payments. So it was interesting to look at how a small company, a medium sized company, let's say like this, who's been operating for about 10, 15 years, uh, can actually like continue this flow yeah. a financial flow especially in a market like toronto which is one of the most expensive in north america it becomes a greater and greater issue especially now with rising interest rates and dealing with that last summer was really interesting yeah. to see from that perspective especially from a b lender so we would have higher interest rates than than typical uh, a lending banks um so could you explain to our listeners what B lender is, A lender, sure, those sure who don't thing. know. So A lenders would be like your commonly known banks. So I'll take France, for example, like BNP, uh, Crédit Mutuel, Crédit Agricole. Um, I'm not sure about the big banks in Ireland. Bank of Ireland. <laughs> beautiful. Bank of Ireland. Controversial. Everybody knows it, yeah. sure. Um, yes, it's very controversial. Yeah. Go on. Well, I'm sure... Yeah, we'd have to hear about that later, I guess. But in Canada, it's yeah. Bank of Montreal and Scotiabank and, you know, all those banks, TD. Um, so these are really where people would go. If But we have a credit system in Canada. 
So it's out of 900 and the closer you are to 900, the better rates you get. But for those who are new to okay. the country or those who don't have as good credit, who still want to get a home, maybe they still make enough family income to pay for it. They go to a B lender, which is what we do. So we offer a little, we, we take in a little bit more risk. That's why we offer more uh, like higher end in, uh, interest payments, for example, interest rates. But yeah. Maybe they'll have a mix of two. They'll have some from the A lender and some from the B lender, not all of it from each, from both. Uh, so you can be flexible in how you manage that. And then, yeah, so basically we were working at a B lender, B lender stage, because we were more, we're not a bank, we're, we're privately, you know, owned, but obviously regulated, which is very important. Don't ever get a loan from a loan shark, let's say, who's not regulated. Yes. Um, that's very illegal, guys. That's illegal, everybody. That's low-key illegal. Uh, but of course, if you're interested <laughs> in a loan, you should look into, uh, oh. even when you're 18 and you just get your first credit card or something. This helps you establish a credit score, your trustworthiness within banks. Uh, in France, it doesn't necessarily work that way, but in many countries it does. So please, like, this is very important, even if you don't, you aren't thinking about getting a home until, you know, you're 30, 40. I don't know. Who cares, right? But credit score is super important. Yeah, I totally agree. And so talking about that, we've, we mentioned that you were a lobbyist. Can you explain to us what you mean by that? Because to some people, they're thinking you went to the government and you're like, okay, we want less taxes, like, you know? So can you explain to us um, what you did as a lobbyist and where you were lobbying? And yeah. Sure. I mean, to be fair, um, lobbyists do that sometimes. <laughs> That's not wrong. I know. That's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, but mine was a little different. So I, in my first year, I ran for a student election position as vice president of uh, Laurentian University Students Association. And my, and this is like, I, I think in France and in Canada, it's different because the student associations here are more like relaxed, I guess. Like they're more just for yes. But over there, it's like they're paid positions. They're very big organizations. We represented like, 5,000 students in my school alone, but we would be part of a greater association in my province, Ontario, that would represent 150,000 students across the province. It was really a big responsibility. So we would write uh, yeah. policy papers. Mine were on technology-enabled learning, environmental sustainability, um, safety on campus, really detailed papers. Then we would meet members of parliament to specifically advocate for students. So, you know, not necessarily for the big corporations, but there are lobby groups yeah. for all sorts of people, you know, for, uh, so we were, we were able to work with all sorts of, uh, of organizations that really were not on the corporate end of lobbying, but on the social end of lobbying. Uh, in this case, students are very vulnerable in the eyes of government because yeah. you know they, they don't make income yet they're not really big taxpayers they're not big donors so it's important for um organizations like usa which is the one i worked for uh worked with um yeah. you know to to uh stand up for government some of our policies were accepted of course some are some we keep pushing today that, that we wrote uh yeah. four years ago now uh, five, uh, three years ago mm -hmm. now. but yeah so okay. You know, it was a really big uh, task. You know, we worked with, I think, 
yeah. eight member schools across the province, and uh, I think there's some more that are joining us now. Um, so I don't know. As a business student working in politics, it was interesting because I'm a very non-political person, I would say. But I think that's what made it okay. interesting because we would, I would, you know, my my value proposition to my constituents, let's say, uh, was that I would constituents, non-politics. Yeah, <laughs> they were my constituents. I mean, that's what they elect me. Yeah, they trust me to to mm-hmm. represent them. So I think not being political was a good value because it would be more objective, um, and I would care less about my own. If you had a hidden agenda. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't really care about my own um, reputation in government. You know, if I seemed uh, uh, a certain way in, in the eyes of a certain pol- party, I didn't really, you know, didn't really matter to me because okay. you know, I'm a business student. I'm not going to work in, you know, politics. Maybe the, I was also 18, 19 at the time. So maybe uh, maybe I was a yeah. little bit uh, of a gun, gunslinger at that time. I was a little bit hot on it, but. It worked yeah. out in the end for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's really impressive at 18, 19 that you were able to go into politics and be a lobby as well. We'll say you went into politics with a non-political mind on you. We'll say that. Or um just to see the versatility and the fact that now you're a business student and you're in your final year and you're about to graduate. So my question to you, why should business students not be defined by the degree but actually define their degree? Sure. I mean, I think I, I take t- today, whenever I'm in an interview or whenever I'm at a conference or talking to a professor, you can pull experiences from every single part of your life, whether professional, volunteering, or every day. But if you, I find that like a lot of my friends, let's say that I went to high school with that go to university that are so caught up on doing one thing. It ends up limit. It ends up being more limiting. We actually found a stat, a statistic, uh, in class. I think a few days ago that say actually sixty percent of the jobs that us Gen Zers uh, will find in the next five years don't exist yet. Simply don't exist. So if we think to ourselves to cement a career path that based on today's market, we simply that market will not exist in ten may less than 10 years even. So I find that if you're well diverse, you understand the world, especially as a global business student, this is important, understanding different markets and sectors and how they work together. For example, Prada just announced yesterday that they have a partnership with with a space company to make the next uh, spacesuits for for a 2025 moon mission. This is something that... Mm -hmm. We don't think we intersect, but that does in a very unique yeah. creative way. So it increases our value when we, un- we, when we can make those links. And, um, and when you're well-versed in things that you're both interested in and things that can help you in the future. But I, I feel like if you're closed-minded, uh, not closed-minded, but hyper-focused. Narrow-minded, yeah. Ton- tunnel vision. Tunnel vision and, hi- and hyper-focused you know, it's it's very limiting in the short and the long term because I never knew I would work in mining or lobbying or finance or whatever. You know, it just these things happen because if you keep an open mind, you you get these interesting and uh, 
life changing experiences. End so. up in France like yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Who knew? Who knew? Not me, for sure. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. And I totally agree with you that we definitely should look at our degree as more than, like, we shouldn't be defined by these certain subjects, like, okay, I'm going to specialize in marketing and I'm going to go and do this. Instead, yes, do your specialization, but remember that you are more than a grade, you're more than your degree or diploma. You are an individual with different experiences and to capitalize on them. And that leads me to, like, even just talking about, like, I believe, like, the world we live in, the economy that we have, having one income stream is just... Mm. Yeah, what is your thoughts on having multiple income streams? That would be my question. Yeah. Okay. I think, well, if you have the the energy and the uh, means and the ability to do so, I think that's great. But I think uh, stretching yourself too thin may weaken these streams. Um, So Mm. I think it depends. I think as as young people, it's, I think, the biggest a stream of value is in ourselves and learning competencies and uh, developing ourselves. But once we do get into the professional world, I think if you can really focus on one good thing that gets you very far, and once you have this base, you can branch out later. But I think if you just try to do 10 different things at the same time, it's very hard for any of them to be successful if you can't spend the time and the energy and nurturing one of those pillars, I think, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I totally get what you're coming from. And it's so true um, to look at it at not spreading yourself thin. So, and that could lead to burnout. It could lead to right. a lot of things. So but honestly- Once you have one pillar- then you can have another yeah. pillar. Then you can have another pillar and make a house. But if you try yeah. to do five pillars, they may crumble, you know, very easy, more easily, you know. Or you so, may crumble. <laughs> well, let's let's hope let's hope our viewers are more sustainable. That's not that's not how ha- it won't happen. But it's like it's could happen. Well, yeah. Um, I think that's all. Do you have any last words to our listeners or? I'm always happy to to talk about this. Being interdisciplinary is like my, I could probably get a tattoo of this word, interdisciplinary, because that's how I've been living my life. You know, even you, you're in like universe, you're trying to get into Universal, which is a globalization, you know, club at at Neo. Don't even study globalization. That's the craziest part. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, you know, so it's good. It's good to be, you know, like you, well, well-rounded in a lot of ways. It's enjoyable. It keeps yeah. things fresh, and it gives you ideas for the things you want to do. You know, so definitely. I hope that's a key takeaway for any listener. Yeah, you do what you need to do. Yeah, I hear that. And um, so, yeah, um, you can find Malik on LinkedIn. Yeah, MJ dot R A B I A on Instagram. Um, and Malik Abu Rabia, I'm sure it's in the description somewhere. It will be uh, on LinkedIn. Okay, beautiful. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always open to chatting or helping anybody. Um, not saying I can be very helpful, but I mean, if I can, I then I would. I but, hear. You know, mm-hmm. it's a oh, yeah no, I- invitation. There you go. 
Okay, that's great. And yeah, you can find us, the Business Student Podcast. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, and everything is in the link below. And so I'd like to thank our sponsors, Bowsy. And Bowsy helps um, graduates and students get paid internships that are remote. So if you want to check them out, check out Bowsy.com. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.